Welcome to another edition of the Lodell Foodies here on Tuesday, July 23rd. I'm your host, Michael Rowland, and we have a very special guest today, all the way from Boston. He knows a thing or two or three about pizza. He hosts Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast, and he also has a website, smartpizzamarketing.com. Bruce Irving, welcome to the show. How's it going, man? Michael, thanks for having me on the podcast, my friend. Thanks for coming on. Just to start off, I wanted to say how impressive your email signature is. I've never actually seen somebody distinguish social media right off the bat like that. It's really awesome. <laughs> well, that's what we try to do. So we got to have a good first impression, right? Oh, absolutely, man. What, Bruce, tell me, you live in Boston. I'm a New Yorker myself. I, and, you know, New York has a rep for the best pizza on the planet. Tell me about uh, Boston pizza. What's it like? Um, it's not as good as New York pizza. I'll give you that. There's a lot of things that we, we like here in Boston more than New York, but pizza just isn't one of them. Oh, so what's your go-to food in Boston? Uh, you know what? Pizza, I'd say, listen, I eat pizza no matter where I am because even bad pizza is still pretty good depending on where you are. Uh, okay. So there's a, few, there's a few places. If you hit the North End, you're going to see the, uh, the original Regina's Pizza in the North End is really good. And then there's a couple other walk-up pizzerias that are in the North End that are pretty good. Where, but there's, I don't think there's fantastic pizza that you'd travel here for, but there's a lot of good pizzerias in the Boston area. And how often would you say you eat pizza, Bruce? <laughs> More than I should. I probably three, four times a week. Oh, well, I mean, I would imagine the amount you know and, you know, dig up on pizza and the space. I feel like you've got to really try it all, right? I mean, listen, I travel a lot too, speaking at different conferences and working with the clients that we have. So between visiting clients and working with them in their store or just kind of seeing what's new and happening in the world, yeah, I'm definitely out there three to four times a week eating pizza. And I, sometimes I just get pizza at my house with the kids uh, for dinner from a local shop that's near my house. Are you, I'm actually, so I'm in the delivery space. So I was going to ask you, that's a perfect lead up. Are you big on pizza delivery? Huh, like that's a tough question because I know the business that you're in and I know that deli pizza delivery is huge in the, in the United States and in the world, really. Like pizza delivery is like when you think of delivery food to your house, you just think of pizza first. Um, For sure. But that being said, since I know good pizza and I've eaten so many different variations of pizza, I don't – I like to just go to the place to eat the pizza because I feel like that's the purest form of the pizza. Way more fresh, right? Yeah. Like I, I could get pizza delivered and my kids don't care. But when I want to eat a pizza and I want to evaluate how the pizzeria is doing, I definitely want to go into the shop because I feel like that's, that's when they're at their best. Oh, I, mean, I couldn't agree more, Bruce. There's nothing. I mean, being even in the space, I prefer picking up a pizza or, you know, dining in than ever having it delivered because there's nothing like it right out of the oven. Plus, I'm impatient. I don't like to wait. I'm with you on that, especially <laughs> when you're hangry. There's nothing like waiting on food. You know? exactly. I'm hangry all the time, so I, I never like to wait. <laughs> I'm with you, man. So, Bruce, tell us, you started out as a pizzeria owner. I was doing some homework on you. You owned a couple pizzerias with your brother-in-law? Yes. So, me and my brother-in-law owned a couple. Well, he started it, and then uh, I came on. He's 10 years older than me. So, when I was 18 years old, I worked for actually worked for Pizzeria Regina. It was my first pizza job here in Boston when I was 15. Worked there a couple years, and then I moved up to the North Shore area of Boston where I was looking for a job. Uh, I got a job at this local pizza shop which happened to be the one that I would partner with my future brother-in-law in, in the future. Uh, he was 10 years older than me, really smart guy, really uh, knowledgeable about the industry and business. And I really kind of mentored me and I looked up to him. 
uh, taught me the business and we partnered on that one and another location. We grew those to do like they were doing two and a half million dollars a year in sales plus. And it was only takeout and delivery. And we had one restaurant had no seats and one restaurant only had about 10, no alcohol. Wow. So wow. we were doing a tremendous amount of delivery. We'd have 15, 20 delivery drivers on a Friday night. And what year was this? This was like start? 1999, I believe, till two, I worked there with him from 1999 or 2000 until 2015. So it was up till just a couple of years ago when this whole podcast thing and my whole marketing company kind of took off. Bruce, that's fascinating. So tell us what it was like the world before social media running a pizza joint in terms of the marketing difference then and now. I mean, it was... I'll tell you what, it was a lot easier back then because you didn't have to figure out all these different platforms. Direct mail is pretty cut and dry. And if you have a good size budget and you can really figure out a way to get people to take action with the menu pieces that you mail out, uh, you're a win. That being said, we did have online ordering in like 2003. So we had online ordering way, 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 way back then. We did email marketing back then. Uh, we used to do follow-up coupons and postcards with the clientele that we had. And we did have a point of sale system that tracked all of our customers. So we would really hammer away. Like if you became a customer of ours, you were never leaving us unless you died or moved away. <laughs> That's incredible. So you were big on retention before social media even came around. Yeah. That was already in your train of thought. We did a really bad job. Like we got on social media pretty late. Uh, but our, our thing was like, we want you to call us. We want to be the best person for the, we want to have a great product fantastic service, make it super easy for you to order from us. And then we want to get your information. We want your phone number. We want your email address. We want to know where you live so we can send you offers every time we don't hear from you. And we would just hammer people. If they, we didn't hear from someone 30, 60, 90, 120, 360 days, you would get something from us. And as the time went on longer, that offer would get more aggressive. Okay. And was there any type of aha moment in terms of when social media became popular? You seem to hit that train running before it even really started. How did you really come to fruition with that whole train of thought? I think for us, it was the fact that we knew it was about 2010 that direct mail was working, but it wasn't working as effectively as it was previous years. And it was getting more, uh, it was just getting more expensive for the same amount of uh, mailers that we were doing 10, 15, 20,000 mailers a week for that same cost. It was double the cost in half the effect of uh, half the return that we were getting in the past. So we knew that attention was shifting and we didn't hop on social media really early as a company, but I did early. And I noticed that, you know, Twitter was out, Facebook was out. And these were platforms that people were getting their information from in their news and they were spending their time. And I knew that that was going to be a place that people were going to spend more and more time versus looking in the mailbox, getting offers. And I knew that if you hit people on social media, that's really how you build your brand where you're not having to discount all the time. Whereas direct mail pieces were all discounts. Like you're not going to get a coupon in the mail that says, hey, how are you today? Let's be friends. It's just, you just toss that in the mail right away. Unless there was an offer on there, you're not even looking at it. Whereas so, so, so did, yeah, go ahead. oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, so you basically, did you feel in a way that social media allowed you to have more organic engagement and not just deal hunting from the consumer? Yeah, absolutely. It's absolutely the way to build your brand versus uh, get customers who want to use this coupon now and then you have to send them something again to get them to follow up which worked in the 90s and 2000s because it was very cost effective you know 
minimum wage was much lower. Every cost that we had was half of what it is today. So it's just much more cost effective today. And Bruce, what would you say the biggest challenge you see in today's day and age with business owners that you work with, the common mistakes they make when they're going on social media as a marketing tool? Uh, I think a lot of them are boring. And I think they don't use social media the way it's intended or the way that the people use social media. Like they, they want to use social media to push their product and service, which is fine. But the consumer don't want to see that. The consumers go on social media to be educated, entertained, or find, a, find a, an answer to a question that they have. And a lot of brands, especially local businesses, either don't even do that whatsoever. Or if they do do it, it's always like, hey, here's this. Here's this. Here's my offer. Here's this product. Here's this thing. There's no uh, engagement or social interaction when it comes to their, their postings. And I think social media – I don't think. Social media is social media. It's about being social and building your brand. And very few people do that well. And yeah, Bruce, I want to bring up the signature again, because I'm looking at it right now and it's just so simplified. And when you really think about it, it's genius because you highlight exactly how people should be balancing their time and marketing allocation on social media. I've just never thought of it in this way. And you just simplify it in a couple sentences. Yeah. Like, and that's another mistake that people make is treating every platform the same way. Twitter, in Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook groups, your website, they're all different platforms. And people go to those platforms for different reasons. Um, if people are on Twitter, they're looking for information, right? Or trying to contact somebody or they want really fast news. If they're on Instagram, they want to see videos or pictures or see what it's like behind the scenes in your stories. Uh, and if they're on Facebook, they want to see what it's like with their, maybe they're looking for uh, their family members or they're in a group and they want to have some conversation. So each platform is different. And what happens with a lot of businesses is they have a checklist and their checklist is to post to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, maybe LinkedIn if their business is in that area. And what they do is they'll create a photo or a video. They'll write a few words or a sentence or two, and then they'll post it to all of those platforms the same exact way. And then they'll check it off the list like it's done. And you need to go into each platform and consume content and see what other people are doing on there and talk to the people who are on there the way that they're talking on those platforms. It's really fascinating to think about because they're all their own niche communities. And like you said, people are on each platform for their own purposes. And it's wild seeing the same content just copied across the board. Yeah, it's, it's like stale. I wouldn't talk to my wife the same way I talk to my 12-year-old daughter. They're just different people. <laughs> That's and, a great way of looking at it. You know, and you have to look at each platform in a different way. Like I'm not saying anybody in a specific genre or age group is on these platforms, but they tend to skew that way. Like Instagram's a more younger audience. Although it's growing, it's more of a younger audience. Facebook's a little bit older. Uh, LinkedIn's more business. Twitter's more quick. Um, and that's how you have to look at those platforms. Yeah, I, honestly, I spend a lot of my day lately, day to day, really trying to figure out the best way to balance our branding on all these different mediums because I don't like the idea of just posting to post. Like you said, it's just you want people to engage and feel like, you know, you're actually tapping into their psyche and not just your own story. Yeah, and I don't think every business needs to be on every platform. I don't think they have, they have the bandwidth to do it. And sometimes I just don't think that their audience is there. Like in the last couple of years, I've been talking a lot about how businesses don't need to be on Twitter. Uh, and even mm. though I like Twitter and it's a good platform for me, if you're a local business in New Hampshire – there's probably not a huge audience for you on Twitter. So what are you wasting your time on there? You should be focusing on Instagram because everybody's there and Facebook because they have the best ads platform. 
So, Bruce, it's kind of like a restaurant having too many menu items where they're a pizza place trying to roll out chicken entrees and, you know, chicken tikka masala. You're like, man, you're a pizza place. What's going on here? <laughs> yeah, it's like you're going to have Indian food, burritos and pizza. Like, what are you? Yeah, I, I, I completely get that. I think that's really important for people to keep front and center. I know it's easier said than done at times. In terms of the pizza industry, Bruce, do you see any trends that are kind of surprising heading into the new decade that you didn't really see coming? I mean, this whole wood-fired oven, naturally leavened dough thing is really a trend that's hop, uh, people are starting to hop on and get noticed. Like, I didn't even really know what naturally leavened dough was 10 years ago when I was in the pizza industry. And now it seems to be a common term that people are referencing a lot. Um, so I think that's a cool trend. I think simple is better. Honestly, I really do. I think that here's my idea. of If I was going to open a restaurant, this is what I would do. I would be fantastic at one thing make pizza, make slices, uh, do delivery, do takeout. Like one of those things, I would be the best at it. I would make it as easy as possible for people to order from me. Uh, they, if they want to text, if they want to order online, if they want to uh, maybe not call, I would try to shy away from that. But I would make it as simple as possible for people to order from me. And I would dominate on these platforms, Instagram, Facebook, uh, and, and get that message out to them. But I think people overcomplicate it too much, to be honest with you. I think that's genius advice because everyone gets into a business. They think they have to conquer the world. It's focus on one thing and do it well. And yeah, then I mean, you're not spread thin. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've probably had between our Facebook live show that we, we haven't done lately, but we did a lot for many years in our podcast. We've probably interviewed 350 pretty successful restaurant owners in the U S and have thousands of listeners and have hundreds of clients And between all of those, the most successful ones, and success is, I hate to say the most successful because success to me doesn't necessarily mean like the busiest or the making the most money. Success to me is like they live the lifestyle that they want. They own the restaurant. The restaurant doesn't own them. Um, so the most successful ones that I see do that. They're very simple. They're very good at one thing. They do one thing the best around and they're obsessed with it. That, hey, that's really important. The passion I feel like is instilled in the food and people see that right away. And that's really awesome. Well, what's your favorite pizza topping, Bruce? <laughs> I actually put a post out on this on uh, either Instagram or Twitter uh, saying that when I go into a restaurant, and my, my mind has changed because people are known for different things, but when I go into a pizzeria, the first thing I try is the cheese. Um, because for me, it's simple as better. Like if you can't dominate in the cheese space, like doing a simple cheese pizza, I don't know if I want to try anything else. I don't think you'd want to talk to my brother then, Bruce. He's the kind of guy that takes all the cheese off his pizza. Can you believe that? <laughs> well, listen, this pizzeria is like Anthony Mangieri in New York City uh, has one pizza, and all it has on it is the dough and marinara sauce and a little basil and olive oil. Oh, I've got to send him in there. Yeah, so, I mean, he may love that because it's sometimes the base is the dough, and that's kind of where it all begins. Uh, the sauce and cheese and all the toppings are just extra stuff that enhances that. Well, I'm with you on the cheese, though. It's the, it makes the pizza, right? I mean, without great cheese, obviously you need crust. But when I think of pizza growing up, I loved that cheese just stretching out, making a mess. That's what pizza is all about, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I will never order a topping or a specialty pizza if the cheese pizza is good. Even if I know that the other pizzas are good, I'll always order a cheese pizza. My kind of guy, Bruce. I like you already. That's awesome, <laughs> man. And, dude, I really appreciate you coming on. I want to just end here on – what would be your last meal on earth? Pizza, man. Come on. Of course. But what kind of pizza? Like to a T, a certain type? 
Um, here's, uh, yeah, probably like a nice New York style cheese pizza. That's my favorite kind of pizza. As much as I like Neapolitan and I, I like the, I, I like that style. New York slice of cheese pizza to me is like the perfect pizza. Bruce, and I love that you, even though you live in Boston, you're cool with that whole New York-Boston rivalry still highlighting New York pizza. That shows I mean, you're a true guru. Yeah, listen, I mean, we, we, our sports teams have won enough. You That's guys true. the pizza stuff. Thank you. Yeah, you guys have had quite the run. I, I have <laughs> to admit, I did go to those uh, Giants-Patriots Super Bowl, so I don't hate Tom Brady like most of the world. <laughs> you guys got lucky on those two. Yes, we did, man. I'll, I'll die a happy man because of it. <laughs> awesome. I, I really appreciate the time, Bruce. Thanks so much for coming on, and uh, I'm definitely having some pizza today. I'm craving it now. Of course, man. Thanks for having me. Of course. Have a great day. You too, bro. Thank you. Take care.